Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Behind the Bench podcast with Carter Eckle. This is episode 82. Uh, you might have figured out I am not Carter Eckle. We have let Carter out of his cage, and he's off doing other things. My name is Duke Rittenhouse. I am the news editor at Nevada News Group, um, Nevada Appeal, Record Courier, Lahontan Valley News. You know all the papers. Joined, as always, by Jeff Mulvihill Jr., on the producer console, and Jeff, we are here to, one of my goals today is let's put a bow on prep sports. We will wrap it up. It's late June. Let's wrap it up, and then we're ready to move on. So we've got some looking at the past, and we'll look at the future too. And uh, Jeff, I'll hit you with some trivia real quick. At the 5A level, how many team state champions did the North have? In all sports. In all sports from... Oh, from this year? From the academic year that just ended. I'm only aware of two. The answer is two. So, good and, job. And fortunate for us there in our coverage area. Hey, what, what an amazing coincidence that we'd want to talk about those two teams. So, yeah, and this will be a, uh, hopefully a nice segue later uh, to talk about the fact that we only had two, if you're a Northern fan, and that means Southern Nevada had all the rest, which we'll get to in a minute. But let's take a second. Let's recap real quick. Our two state champions from the North in the fall, the Carson Girls Cross Country Team, um, won a state title. And uh, they were amazing. If you're into the running scene at all, you know that they did it. There's, there's really two ways, kind of, to get the state title. Uh, one is have two or three, you know, really spectacular runners up at the front, which is going to help your team score. If you've seen or heard about the runners from Galena and Minogue, that's kind of their, you know, they're always up at the front. The second way, which is, is, you know, the purists might say is the more fun way. The second way is just to have such a solid team grouping that your end point total ends up being great. That was Carson's way. Uh, To recap real quick, the Senators put five runners, the five scoring runners, uh, in between 8th place and 17th place, which is really hard to do at the state level. That's a, that's a group of runners who are coming in, you know, within sight of each other at the finish there after the, you know, they're coming up the final straight and they can really almost kind of all see each other. Really hard to do. Hannah Budd, of course, only a freshman. Uh, she was 8th at the state meet. And if you're a Carson fan or a running fan, we might be talking about this, I would say, for at least another two years. The scoring runners for the Senators are all freshmen and sophomores. So in theory, if they stay healthy, that sort of thing, you're looking at another couple state titles, which is fantastic. Congratulations to the Senators. And if we spin it forward to the spring season, the Douglas softball team was a state champion at the 5A level. That one seems more, well, it is more recent. And of course, you had uh, outstanding pitching, heavy hitting, and timely hitting, just a real... A real solid team, uh, Talia Tretton, is a deserved uh, player of the year on whatever level, whether it's Gatorade or whether it's some other award. She is fully deserving of that. And they are on a 25-game winning streak when they open next season. And I looked it up in a trivia question. The Douglas softball team has not lost since March 31st. So congratulations to the Tigers. Uh, Those were our two... Northern State Champions at the 5A level. Of course, uh, Douglas won a 3A girls golf title, and we'll segue into that. 
And it should be noted real quick, the Reed girls wrestling team uh, was a state champion. The NIAA considered that this first year of doing girls wrestling, it considered it an invitational event at the state level. So depending on how technical you want to get, they will not, record-keeping-wise, they're not going to consider that uh, what you and I would maybe think of as a full state title. But congratulations to the Raiders as well. And then real quick, I mentioned Douglas Girls Golf at the 3A level. The uh, Sierra Lutheran boys track team at the 1A level was a state champion as well. But so, uh, you know, okay, hopefully that's our bow. I, I'm putting, I didn't tell Carter I was just going to end prep sports, but Carter, if you're out there, we're done. We've ended it. We've wrapped it up. Uh, so, because um, I wanted to kind of segue forward a little bit. And, you know, it didn't take us that long to go through those state titles. There wasn't a lot of them. That means. A lot, you know, all the rest of them are, with the exception of maybe Elko and Spring Creek in eastern Nevada, all the rest of them are southern. And we have an imbalance in this state. So uh, that brings us to realignment, which I, which I kind of always have thought was an interesting process. And uh, real quick, let me, let me do the 30,000-foot view for those who might not be familiar. I'll do this real quick. The NIAA recently made a commitment to realign its sports on a sport-by-sport -sport basis, which is important, based on two-year um, mathematical formulas. Basically, they, e each team will get, they'll look at two years of results. You'll get points for doing certain things. You compare your points to everyone else's. And the idea is that you want to have your 5A level be not only bigger schools, but, but teams that are competing at a, at a higher level. And you want your 4A and 3A levels to be uh, open to teams that maybe need to drop down for at least a two-year cycle because the results aren't there for whatever reason. And <clears throat> this is different if you grew up in Nevada, you know, as I did a long time ago. This is different. And then in the old days, realignment was almost always just strictly enrollment. They, they would look at you and go, get better. I mean, that was just like, but boy, if you went over the alignment threshold, you were moved up, which you can ask Lowry about from the 90s, which all of a sudden they were making road trips to Reed and, you know, Reno and all that, and they were like just a few students above the threshold. But anyway, the commitment now is to do this and look at it every two years and to have an actual committee that makes recommendations and it does it every sport, which I think is the important part because you can be, uh, Jeff, you, you're a soccer guy, just to use soccer as an example, you can have outstanding programs at schools like Hug and Wooster in North Valleys that are doing really well in soccer, and some of the other sports are, are not at that level. So you want to do it sport by sport, in my opinion, because then you don't drag the other sports with you. Would you agree with that? I agree on principle. <laughs> um, the way that they handled it, I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that the fact that this is recurring, that we're not you know, what they said is done and we're not ever changing again, that gives them the reprieve that they can fix it. Um, but like you said, in the North, we've had those three schools in particular, they're very strong in soccer. I mean, they're, they have very good teams that have no problem competing in, in anywhere in Nevada. Um, and then the girls, they moved into 4A, which is where I start to get a little bit weird because the idea of them going somewhere in two years they're either going to move them all back to 5A or keep them in 4A. And so that that's a little weird, but I honestly think, and you're going to get to this, but I honestly think the model that we use for football is where we're going to be for 
for the larger schools in general for all sports eventually. Um, so I'll, I'll let you get into that details of that one. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, you know, there, it is a work in progress. I mean, like I said, there's a commitment to doing this. There's a commitment to doing it every two years. Um, the committee, which I'm just about to get to, doesn't always have its own recommendations followed, which was kind of a mess. Um, but I, overall, I kind of like it. I mean, again, you know, old school people like me will remember when it was more like it seemed like no one wanted to deal with it. And here's where you are. And, you know, here's where you are in every single sport and you deal with it. So I think this is better. Um, certainly not perfect. You know, real quick, I wanted to touch on one thing like uh uh, you know, basketball uh, has a commitment now where our former 5A schools are for at least two years going to play at the 4A level, you know, which is which is new. Um, as a lot of people know, we never mentioned 4A up here because for many, many years, uh, we haven't had a 4A school in northern Nevada. It's strictly been Clark County. So that literally their state championships over the last few years can be held the week before because it's essentially their regional championship. And we've just gone from 5A uh, to 3A, and we're kind of used to it, actually. So basketball is going to try a 4A, and that should be interesting. Uh, the big one, as Jeff mentioned, is, um, is football. And if we're going to put a bow on the uh, sports year and talk about realignment, uh, Jeff, I'll hit you with a second trivia question. How many meetings did it take to set up football alignment for the next two years? It had to, I'm trying to think, there were alignment committee meetings and there were board meetings. Oh, that's that's a good point. I'm, okay, uh, let me, just the realignment committee, uh, that's my question. The realignment committee had X number of meetings before they were done. I th I'm going to say it had to have been at least four and probably, I'm going to say six total. My my memory, and I, I went and I couldn't find all of them because, uh, they, you know, they all have to have minutes and all that. My memory is four, okay. actually. So the uh, the realignment committee meets three times a year. They, what they want to do is they want to do fall sports in one meeting, uh, winter sports in one meeting, and spring sports in one meeting. Now, actually, I think they have a summer meeting, too. So, But, they you know, they, they want to stick with their sports. So as soon as fall sports are done, as an example, the realignment committee wants to get together, and they want to do everything. They want to do cross-country they want to do soccer, uh, the tennis, and they, that way they can say, okay, we're done with fall. Let's move on. We're going to move on, you know, to, to winter sports, and it makes sense. Well, I mean, kind of everyone saw this coming, but in fall, you know, football is such an outlier, which we've talked about on this show. Football is just different than other sports. And so here's my memory of it. The fall meeting, the first meeting they were able to do everything except football. And they, everyone was pretty happy. And they were like, well, you know, we didn't even really expect to get to football today. Of course, we're going to have a second meeting. A second meeting is where the chaos came in because it was clear that nothing was going to get approved football-wise, that there was plans to try to isolate Gorman. There was plans to uh, play 4A like eventually we did in basketball. And there were mix and match plans of let's just follow, they call it the rubric. The points are called the rubric. Let's just follow the rubric and see where everyone falls. Well, it was clear at the second meeting that it, they weren't going to end this meeting with anyone uh, approving anything. So that's two. The third one is the one where kind of, the only thing on the agenda left was football. Um, and frankly, uh, 1A and 2A had been set. So the only thing really left was actually 3A and 5A football or 4A in the South. And at the third meeting, Again, this is going off my memory. I believe this was the, the February meeting. Um, 
it was like, okay, well, they're going to solve it this time. I mean, with, you know, Gorman's a problem. Private schools in general are a problem. We'll, we'll solve it. And there was disbelief when they weren't able to do that. And from what I hear, and, and Jeff, you can clarify this, because I know you, you have talked with uh, uh, Blair Roman as more recently than I have. My behind-the-scenes rumors were that at the third meeting, when it was clear there was not going to be anything actually approved, that Donnie Nelson, who's the executive director of the NIAA, more or less made it be known that, okay, this is, em- this is embarrassing, and yeah, we're going to have a fourth meeting. But here's the thing. Um, we're going to solve this, or I might present you all with a plan, and it'll be Donnie's plan, and we're just going to do that, and that's embarrassing, and let's not do that. So they they adjourned, and my memory is the fourth meeting actually went fairly quickly. The one, the breakdown I'm going to talk about in just a minute, that that one actually went fairly quickly because between meetings three and four, of course, everyone did it by email and phone calls. I mean, the meeting became just the legal procedure that they have to do. My understanding is that it was solved behind the scenes. But uh, uh, Jeff, I know you and Carter had an interesting talk with uh, longtime area athletic figure Blair Roman. And would you uh, would you fill us in on some of some of the stuff that that Blair emphasized? Yeah, you and I were briefly discussing this before, and, and I said it it was very pointed to me that Blair said. And he knew we were on air, so it was not a, a hidden thing or trying to hide it. And I, I agreed with everything he said about it. But Donnie Nelson, essentially with his plan and with his concept of the work that he did between three and four, I mean, and there were rumors and rumblings. You were hearing him, Carter, but we were all hearing him from all different places about what they were thinking of. Uh, but Blair just flat out said that, and he said he told Donnie this, that he thinks he saved 5A football in North in northern Nevada. So... And I thought that was pretty. That's pretty, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that is, and he might have because I had heard that the plan we've got is more or less a either a, a Donnie plan or was definitely spearheaded by him. Um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I think the earlier meetings, everyone's so obsessed with the Gorman problem and all that. And you know, I thought one of two things might happen. I thought, well, four A is simple, just like they did with basketball. That's the simplest. But um, they went and surprised me. And, and let me recap it real briefly. And this is football only because, again, all the alignment is sport by sport. So for football, our, our schools, Northern Nevada big schools, are going to stay at the large school level. The 5A level itself, though, for football only is divided into three. And this is where, you know, Nevada has never done this before, uh, taking a what they call class. 5A is a class. 4A is a class. Um, and and dividing it like that, uh, we do regions obviously because you can't have Las Vegas schools, you know, playing regular season games against Reno schools. That makes no sense. We do regions, but we've never done this subdivision type thing. So briefly, you have three five A footballs. Five uh, A Division One is all Clark County, uh, and that's you, you've got your Gorman, uh, Liberty, which has won a state championship recently, and some bigger schools down there that we've all heard of. Um, and they will compete for their own state championship. 5A Division II uh, has a Northern and a Southern League. The Northern League, because, uh, again, the point system that we've talked about, the, the Northern League has your teams that have been more successful uh, using their point system. Alphabetically, that's Bishop Minogue, Damani Ranch, McQueen, Reed Reno, Spanish Springs. And, uh, again, there's a Southern League. Those teams will have regional playoffs and then a state championship game. Uh, where it gets interesting for 
listeners in our area is that 5A Division Three alphabetically is Carson, Douglas, Galena, Hug, North Valley's Wooster, and again, there's a Southern League. Uh, so that's six Northern schools who finished lower down in the point standings. Uh, they will compete in their own division. They will have playoffs and then a state championship game. And, you know, I, I, I know I sound like a, you know, just a robot reading those off and all that, but if you, if you stop for a second and think <laughs> about it, um, that's really interesting. Uh, you, you've got a school, uh, two schools, let's say Carson and Douglas, and Jeff, to me, there's no reason right now I'm not getting ready for practice thinking state championship. I mean, that's whereas in the past however many years, that was unrealistic. I mean, I'm approaching this as saying, look, I have to win or try to win a six-team league of my peers, teams that are like me, and um, and then I have to win a one-game playoff for a state title. I mean, I'm thinking... I'm thinking sky's the limit if I can get some, you know, if I'm injury free and get a couple breaks and all that. Would you agree with that? I, I and everybody else that I've seen out at Carson, absolutely. They're working harder. They're already out. They're, you know, they got camps planned for travel camps, which I think would be an absolute hoot for a high school, high school team to be able to go do that kind of thing. So it's, they're very definitely recharged, uh, about playing football again. So I think there's a lot of kids out. It seems like there are, but you know, early summer numbers are who knows, but yeah, I, I think it's very exciting for the opportunity. I mean, before when we were facing, you know, back when Reed was the powerhouse in Northern Nevada and they were beating everybody and to be able to get into the championship, the regional championship with Reed was like, okay, well, Reed's just going to win. And then they just got slaughtered by Gorman. I mean, I, I witnessed it. I photographed one of the games. But now no one's thinking Gorman anymore. They're all thinking, hey, we, we, these, these are just like you just said. These are schools just like us. They have a lot of kids, but maybe not a ton of football talent, maybe not you know, years of, of grooming football players. And that, that's, I mean, all of those, you know, Galena and, and Douglas, I got I to gotta take aside a little bit just because they're in a smaller area. But the other schools are very similar in makeup. You know, where, where they're getting kids from, what part of town, we're different here because we only have one high school, same with Douglas. Um, but that's just, that's just geography. Yeah, no, it, to me, it, what, what's good about it, what, what's great is, uh, first of all, football is different, and, and you eventually are going to run into a problem where, you know, even setting aside Gorman, but, you know, huge schools in the Las Vegas area, uh, they, they do it differently down there. They, they build gigantic schools that are far bigger than our schools. You eventually, if you're going to keep having Coronado and Shadow Ridge and Silverado play, you know, Reno schools for titles, you're looking at injuries. And, you know, you're looking at, you know, a case where uh, athletically this is not an even playing field and why are we doing this? And it becomes really apparent in football. It's the one sport where you're allowed to push people around. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It, Literally. You can, you can, for instance, we mentioned a cross-country title earlier. You can put together a group of solid runners and compete, you know, with anyone, right? It, football has always been different. You're allowed to tackle. You're allowed to push and be physical. And you, you've got to be aware of that if you have anything to do with football. And the other thing I like is what you just touched on. I mean, it, it's like... Uh, we ha- you know, we are peers. We we have a chance here. I think, realistically, um, you you look at Division Three and it looks wide open to me. Division Two does as well. Um, uh, but you have a chance, and 
your you've got these five league games that are ultra important. I think I think it puts more emphasis on your league games. I think you'll see more people in the stands. I mean, every game they, is every, they should all be competitive. I mean, I cannot right. look down any of those games and go, we got to show up and play. But uh, if we do. Well, there's there's some reward at the end of that one. Exactly. The reward, I think that's important for kids, is, is the chance to play in playoffs, the chance to win a league title or to compete for one, to, you know, to be in week eight of the season and to not be eliminated. You know, it's <laughs> up to week you. week four. Yeah, right. It's up to you to go out and win, but, you know, you, you haven't been eliminated and, you know, you're not playing some gigantic school you've never heard of, but you're, you know, you're, you're kind of in this group of your peers. And here's the thing, just in case I haven't made this clear, this is a two-year plan. Uh, the the team, as an example, the Division three team that does the best uh, is going to move up. Right. It, it it is it is truly European soccer relegation and uh, promotion, and your Division two whoever does the you know the poorest is going to move down. This isn't permanent. This is great. Right. So as an example, let's say Carson or Douglas become Division three powerhouses. Well. The, your other reward is two years from now you're you're you've just moved up. Yep. So I think it's fair, and I, I think I think there's uh, there's schools all over northern Nevada that are are probably going to have more kids out for football. I think you're going to see more people in the stands. Uh, every game you only get five league games. Every game's going to be a, just a war. It's going to be great. So you know whether or not it was the Donnie plan, and you know it, we if you know enough athletic people in northern Nevada, you know how rumors can fly. I mean that's what I heard. But you know, well, but Donnie's such an—he's such a nice guy. The way he comes across and he communicates with people, you're like he's a just a teddy bear kind of guy. And I know he loves athletics in Northern Nevada and all over Nevada. But he lives here, so let's be honest—he's—he's he's a Northern Nevada guy. Not that he doesn't look out for the Southern schools, because you know he's got a big job. But he's such a nice guy, and I know he was toiling over this just because it was it had to be frustrating i mean it was frustrating for us and we were just listening we weren't even participants in the meetings it's like come on come on come on let's let's go so i i when the, the rumors started coming out about what his plan was i thought it was it's it's a great idea so i'll be curious if we moved more to that type of a thing with other sports yeah because right now it's only the, the subdivisions are only football right uh, for for every every single other sport yeah, it's just regional. Uh, you know, you like Douglas Girls Golf is going to move, you know, up because they did so well. But they're still in a, you know, they're not subdivided. So just an example, uh, football will draw a lot of eyeballs this fall, I think. And you know, whatever behind the scenes stuff uh, made that happen. Congratulations to everyone. I think you came up with a good plan. So Jeff, let's segue real quick. Because speaking of football, and we've put a bow on the season, but now let's open up. Let's open up the next academic year. And here's what's coming up. And I think it's coming up quicker than most of us realize. It always does, but sports are practically year-round now. Uh, your, your NIAA competition for the, that would be the 2023-24 academic year, actually begins July 31st, believe it or not. Uh, that will be the first day that football players gather for their mandatory heat days. Uh, I won't go into it all the way, but... There, you before you really even practice, you have to have a certain number of heat practices accumulated. Uh, it's an acclimation thing, and we've been doing it for 100 years, so no huge surprise there. August 2nd, football players can practice in shells. That's always a big day. They like that. 
it's fun. You're out there in your helmet and your shorts, and it's it's good stuff. August 5th is a big day. It's the first day of practice for all fall sports, uh, and there's a lot of there's nine. If you separate boys and girls, there's nine fall sports up in northern Nevada, so a big day. And the first day included also on the 5th uh, that football players can have contact, which is what we think about when we say football practice. You'll hear them hitting each other, August 5th, big day. August 11th, football teams can scrimmage, and I know that there are some. There are quite a few teams uh, taking advantage of that day. I know Douglas plays. That's off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to look at everyone else's schedule, but that's a big day because scrimmage shows you where you're at real quick. And on the 17th, uh, August, uh, which is a Thursday, actually, and then the 18th, the Friday, uh, you can play games, and there are some games scheduled. Some teams will play Essentially, they'll try for all 10 weekends if they can if they can get it. So that's coming up again um, July 31st for heat training and uh, all the way through August, and then we'll just be fully into it at that point. Uh, I think uh, one last thing, Jeff, and then and then I think I'm going to sign off. Uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, those in our area, we have big plans coming up this fall. Big plans uh, for. A special look at Carson and Douglas football. And uh, one of the reasons is, if you check your calendar, 2023, 100 years ago, 1923, Carson and Douglas met for the first time on the football field. It is the 100th anniversary of that first game. Uh, We at Nevada News Group are super excited about that. We have big plans. We will share those plans in more detail with you later. Just wanted to, to let you know. And uh, Jeff, I may have gotten my script backwards here. I think I was supposed to do this at the top. Is it okay if I do it right now? Of course. Okay. Uh, the Play It Again, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Behind the Bench podcast is sponsored by Play It Again Sports. Uh, it's your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at playitagainsports.com. Uh, all one word, Play It Again Sports. Dot com. Uh, thank you to them for being our title sponsor. And sorry, I think I'm supposed to do that at the top of the show. <laughs> maybe the, we'll keep you around. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on behalf of Carter Eckel, who is not here, and behalf of our producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr., I am Duke Rittenhouse. And uh, that will do it for episode 82 of the Behind the Bench podcast. Thank you for listening. 